Uh, good evening, brothers and sisters. Please do be seated. And can I get you to pull out your white bulletin, please, uh, and uh, open to the center page of the white bulletin. The center page of the white bulletin is where our sermon outline is today. Uh, normally, as you know, we uh, uh, work through one passage of Scripture and see what God is saying to us there. Uh, but today, uh, we're going to be doing a topical, uh, uh, just last week, this week, and week next week, I think we're doing topical. Uh, and so, um, we're going to be uh, looking at uh, a whole lot of different passages uh, to look to see what the Bible as a whole says about the Holy Spirit uh, and the Christian life. Uh, so uh, you'll see the outline there. It'd be helpful to have that. Uh, the passages that we look at will come up on the screen, uh, so you can, uh, you can refer to them there, but uh, they're also written there so you, in, the, in the outline so you can take it home uh, and, uh, and read them, the whole passage in its context later on. Uh, so let me lead us in prayer, uh, and, and we'll begin. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, that you speak to us by your Spirit through your Word, uh, and we pray that your Spirit would be at work among us uh, this evening. Help him to. We pray that he would uh, empower me to to preach your Word clearly and faithfully. Uh, that he would uh, uh, be opening our hearts and minds uh, to uh, your Word here. Um, that he would be teaching us uh, not only about himself, uh, but pointing us to Jesus. Uh, and helping us to, to love and obey him. Uh, so we commit this time to you. Uh, please work among us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we know that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He is the Spirit of God. Now, Jesus has ascended into heaven, but the Spirit is God who is with us even now. And because we have the Spirit, we have Christ. And because we have Christ, we have the Father. And so the Spirit is the one who mediates God's presence to us. The Spirit dwells in us individually. He dwells in us as a church, as we meet together around His Word. He is present with us right now, even as we speak about Him. But He does not draw attention to Himself. Rather, he points to Jesus and brings glory to him. Our next week, Vincent will help us think more deeply about the Trinity as a whole. But today, being Pentecost Sunday, we'll look more closely at the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and we'll do so uh, particularly looking at the Spirit's work both at the start of the Christian life and in the day-to-day -day life uh, of the believer. So first of all, the Spirit at the start of the Christian life. Uh, and the first thing we see here is that the Spirit is the one who gives us new life. The Spirit gives us new life in Christ. You remember uh, when Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. Uh, Jesus said, and you can see the passage on the screen, unless you're born of water and the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You need God to wash you on the inside. You need God's Spirit to come into you and give you life. Without that, you cannot enter. Flesh gives birth to flesh, Jesus said. We can have children, but only the Spirit can give birth to Spirit. Only the Spirit can give us spiritual life. And so for us to come to Christ, to turn away from sin, to have a saving faith in Him, that took a miracle. And that was the life-giving work of the Holy Spirit. He enabled us to believe in Jesus. That is why the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3, 
He says, no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. He's not talking about mouthing the words. He's talking about believing in the heart. That is the Spirit's work. For the gospel he brings us is the Spirit's word about Jesus. The gospel is preached to us through the Spirit's messengers, in the Spirit's power. And the Spirit opens our hearts to believe and accept the message and, and put our faith in Jesus. Apart from the Spirit, none of us would know Jesus as our Lord. But he doesn't leave it there. When we believe in Jesus, we are baptized in the Spirit by Jesus into his body. And we see that a little bit further down, verse 13 of the same passage. In the one spirit, we were baptized into the body of Christ. We became part of the invisible church, the, the church that transcends space and time, the church that even now is gathered spiritually in heaven at the feet of her ascended Lord and will one day be revealed in glory. We are the body of Christ. In the one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Water baptism, that is the outward sign, but spirit baptism, that is the reality. And all of us who belong to Jesus, all of us who have put our faith in him, have been baptized in the spirit and so made part of the true people of God. But there's more. The spirit who is given to us seals us as God's people. In Ephesians 1.13, we read that when we heard the gospel and believed in Christ, we were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. The seal is like a chop on an animal that says who it belongs to. In the Old Testament, God's people were circumcised as the mark that they belonged to him. But now the Spirit has come. And his presence in us is the mark that God can say, this one is mine, this one is mine, this one is mine. And that is also, verse 14, the guarantee of our inheritance. Our inheritance is to enjoy God himself in glory where there is no more sin in all its consequences. The Spirit is God with us now. It's like the first installment of that which guarantees the rest. But remember, when the Spirit is with us, we have Christ. Christ is with us, we have the Father. We know God truly by His Spirit. Even though our sight is limited and our experience is incomplete, but what we have now is the assurance that we will have it all in the end. Now the same Spirit who gave us new birth, the same Spirit who has given us access through the Son to the Father, this Spirit is a Spirit who transforms us into the family likeness. He's the one who is at work to change us to become more like Jesus. And he actually calls us to work with him in that process. He leads us to holiness. As the Bible talks about being led by the Spirit, people often use that phrase, say, oh, the Spirit led me to marry so-and-so or to do such-and-such such a job. Or, uh, but in both occasions in the Bible, when it's used of us, not talking about used of Jesus or the apostles, but used of us is actually about something far, far more important than that, something God's far more interested in. Have a look with me at Romans 8. It's going to come up on the screen. We see the phrase there in verse 14, where it says, all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. What does that mean? 
Where is the Spirit leading? Well, verse 13 explains it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. The Spirit leads us to put to death the deeds of the body. In other words, the Spirit leads us to kill sin in our lives. That is what the Spirit does. The Spirit is anti-sin. And He is leading us to be anti-sin as well. Verse 13 tells us there are two ways to live. We can live according to the flesh. We, we can live our lives with an orientation towards sin. Or we can, by the Spirit, kill sin. And keep on killing sin. Keep on killing sin. Those who are led by the Spirit are those who, like the Spirit, are anti-sin. They are the ones who are the genuine children of God. And the Spirit who leads us in that charge against sin, are He is the one who assures us that we are God's children. The other place we see that phrase is in Galatians 5. Uh, in Galatians 5.18, we read that if we are led by the Spirit, we are not under the law. What does it mean to be led by the Spirit here? Well, in verse 17, the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. And how do we see that played out? Verse 19 to 21, the flesh produces sexual immorality, sex outside of marriage, impurity, moral filth, sensuality, being sexually reckless or promiscuous, idolatry, the worship of anything other than God, usually statues or idols, sorcery, being involved in witchcraft or black magic, enmity, being hostile or hateful to someone, strife, keep on quarreling and bickering with people, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries coming from selfish ambition, dissensions causing divisions among people, divisions breaking into factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. And the Bible warns us very clearly that if we live this way, we have no part in the kingdom of God. This is no play-play. On the other hand, the fruit of the Spirit, in verse 22, is love. For God, for His people, for our neighbors. Joy that comes from knowing God loves us and that our eternal future is secure no matter what happens. Peace, where there's an internal peace that comes from trusting God to look after us in whatever situation we're in or peace that characterizes relationship with your brothers and sisters. Patience, patience with others, which springs from an awareness of God's own patience towards us in Jesus. Kindness, which again is a response to the kindness God shows us in the death of Christ. Goodness, or generosity. Again, the Spirit showing us God's goodness and generosity and leading us to have that same attitude to others. Faithfulness, being the kind of person that people can trust because that's the kind of God we serve. 
gentleness, which includes humility and courtesy and self-control. If we are led by the Spirit, then we will be producing His fruit. The Spirit is leading us to holiness, which is hardly surprising because He is the Holy Spirit. And if we are genuine believers, we must go along with Him in that direction. If we belong to Jesus, verse 24, we have crucified the flesh with His passions and desires. We've said no to the flesh. We said, flesh, I want you to die. And so following the Spirit means putting that decision into practice day by day by day. If we live by the Spirit, verse 25, the Spirit has given us that new life, let us walk by the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us live the kind of life the Spirit wants us to live. Let's, let's be consistent with Him in our behavior. Not being conceited, verse 26, provoking one another, envying one another. You see, the Spirit is leading us away from sin to Christ-likeness in character. That is where He wants to take us. And if we are genuine believers, we will follow His lead. Keep in step with the Spirit. Produce His fruit. The fact that the Spirit leads us to holiness and obedience is hardly surprising because actually that is what God promised in the Old Testament. Remember after Israel was sent into exile because uh, they didn't obey God's law, God made a promise to them through the book of Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel. Uh, he promised that one day he would bring them back. Uh, in Ezekiel chapter 30, hang on, let me just check because I think I got it wrong this morning. Uh, chapter 30, 36, Ezekiel 36, um, he says in verse 25, he is going to wash them clean from all their sin. Uh, in verse 26, he says he's going to give them a new heart. And you remember, we've seen the fulfillment of that, isn't it? When Jesus said, you have to be born of water and the Spirit. And then look at verse 27, where he says, And I will put my Spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. The same Spirit who will give God's people new birth will enable them to obey Him. And so being led by the Spirit, keeping in step with the Spirit, uh, bearing the fruit of the Spirit, it's all about obeying God, about being godly. Because the Spirit brings us to Christ and He grows us in Christ. And how does He do that? Well, first of all, he speaks God's word to us in an ongoing way. Uh, the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 3.16 that all Scripture is breathed out by God. It is God-breathed, right? It's God's word because your word is, is carried on your breath. But the word for breath and the word for spirit is the same word. You can say the Bible is God-spirited. Uh, the, the Apostle Peter, speaking about the Old Testament, says, No prophecy was ever produced by the will of men, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. That same Spirit was the one Jesus said would lead the apostles into all the truth. Uh, and so uh, we have that in the New Testament as well. Which is why the writer to Hebrews can quote Psalm 95, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 7, on the right-hand side, he can say, this is what God said through David. Today, if you hear his voice, 
quoting Psalm 95. And then, one chapter before that, in Hebrews 3, 7, he can say, this is what the Holy Spirit says. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Because you see, what God said through David a thousand years before him is what the Holy Spirit continued to say at the time of the writer. Because the Holy Spirit didn't just give us this word, he continues to speak to us through this word he has given. The Bible is the Spirit's word. The gospel is the Spirit's sword. And so, my friends, reading and hearing and believing and obeying the Word of God is a profoundly spiritual experience. The experience of listening to the Spirit who is God Himself revealing God to us. It's the experience that honors Christ and gives Him the central place because the Spirit glorifies the Son. It's an experience that is a great privilege given to us by our gracious God. We listen to the Spirit as he continues to speak to us in the word. And through this word, the Spirit assures us of God's love. Uh, Romans 5 verse 5 tells us that God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And how does he do that? Well, he shows us in verse 6 that Christ died even for undeserving sinners like us. God shows his love for us in verse 8 that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It is the Spirit who enables us to believe and appreciate and respond to the love of God shown at the cross. He pours that love into our hearts. He enables us to better and better grasp that love and so enables us to endure suffering, to build character through it, to hold to the hope that we have in the future because we know that God really does love us. If, we not, if it were not for the Spirit, the death of Jesus would have no meaning for us, and we would not know that God loves us. The love of God would not motivate us to change. It is the Spirit who enables us to believe the gospel and so be changed by it. That is the Spirit's work in our hearts. The Spirit also helps us by helping us in our prayers. Uh, the normal Christian prayer is to the Father, through the Son, by the Spirit. The Spirit works in our hearts to bring us to the Father through the Son. He is the Spirit of the Son. And so because we have the Spirit, we can join with the Son and call to the Father, Abba, Father. It's a Trinitarian thing. But it's not even just when we know what we're doing. Romans 8, 26, 27 teaches us that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. So that even when we don't know what to pray, he prays for us. And he prays for us according to the will of God. And God answers that prayer for our good. Isn't that reassuring? It doesn't mean we don't need to pray, but it does mean that when we get it wrong, he makes it right. And you know, it's not even just that the Spirit is praying for us. A few verses later, we read that Christ who died for us and is raised at God's right hand, he also is interceding for us. We've got two persons of the Trinity interceding for us. We are safe and secure in God's love and confident that he works all things for our good. And finally, for today at least, the fact that we've been baptized in the one spirit into one body means that we are all empowered and gifted by that spirit to serve God. 
Uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 to 10, Paul speaks about a number of different gifts. And then he says, all these are empowered by the one and same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. We all have different gifts by the same Spirit. And the Spirit works in us to use them to serve the body, to build up the body of Christ. That's what they're for. But if you keep on reading in this passage, you see the most important thing about, about what the Spirit is doing in our hearts, in fact, it's more important than the gifts, is love. And if we read further in the passage, that we see that part of love is to prioritize the gifts that actually do build up the body and to use the gifts such a way that the body is built up, particularly through the speaking of God's Word. And the Spirit is the one who empowers us to speak God's Word to each other. Well, brothers and sisters, we've just looked at an overview of the work of the Spirit in our lives. Many more things we can say about each of these topics, many more things we can say about the Spirit. Uh, but that can wait for another time. But in the next few moments, I'm going to invite you to join with me in praying. Uh, we're going to pray for all of us together and ask you to join with me because we need the Holy Spirit to be at work among us. It is not something that we can manufacture. It's not something we can manipulate. He's, the Spirit is God. But it's something that we can ask for. I'll tell you beforehand what I'm going to lead us in praying for. I'm going to pray for the Spirit's work in each one of our hearts and lives. I'm going to pray that those of us in this room who have not yet put our trust in Jesus, the Holy Spirit would give us that new birth, that he would grant us faith in Jesus so that we can trust in him. We can trust in his cross to save us. We can submit to him as our, as our risen, ascended Lord. And that will lead us in praying for ourselves and for each other. I'll lead us in praying the Holy Spirit enables us to appreciate more and more of the love that God has shown us at the cross. He will pour that love into our hearts. That he will show us Christ and his sacrifice more and more clearly. And that in response to that love, that he will enable us to truly repent of our sins and turn away from those things which we know are wrong. And that he will empower us to change our attitudes and our behavior to be, to be more like Jesus, to fill us with God's character and grant in that love, enable us to speak of Christ to each other and to the world. So will you join me uh, in praying together for these things? Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you gave your Son, the Lord Jesus, to die upon the cross to pay the penalty of our sins. We thank you that you raised him from the dead. You set him at your right hand on high. And thank you that through him you have given your spirit to all your people. Heavenly Father, we pray today for those among us here who don't yet know the reality of the new birth, of sins forgiven, of eternal life in Christ. Please would you show your mercy. Please would you send forth your spirit to give them the new birth that they cannot give themselves. Please would your spirit convince them of their sin and their guilt 
So they recognize the need for a savior. Please, would your spirit so open the eyes of their hearts they might see that Jesus really loves them, gave his life for them, enable them to trust in Jesus as their Savior and submit to him as their Lord. That they may know you as their Father and Jesus as their loving Master whom they will serve all their days. And Father, we pray for all of us here who do know Jesus as our Lord. We thank you so much for the work of your Spirit that enabled that to happen in our lives. Please would he open the eyes of our hearts that we would see and appreciate your love more and more and more and more. Please, would he keep taking us back to the cross where we see your love displayed. Please, would he keep showing us not only our sinfulness, but also your holiness and the great love that you've shown us, the great sacrifice you've done in that cross of reconciling us to yourself. Please, would he keep changing us by that love into the image of your Son. Father, we know that your Spirit is leading us to kill sin in our lives. And so led by the Spirit, that is what we want to do. Father, please help us do that. going to ask us to take a few moments of silence to confess to God the times that we've failed to follow the Spirit's lead but followed the flesh instead. And it's not just confess what we've done, but actually repent. Turn away from that. That's what the Spirit's leading us to do today. Please, Father, may your spirit give us the strength to change our attitudes and behavior to be more like Christ. May he keep speaking to us in your word. May he keep showing us your love. May he keep drawing us to you in prayer. May he enable us to hear and receive your word that we speak to each other.
may he fill us with the fullness of his character. May he fill our hearts and minds with the love you've shown us in Jesus. And grounded in that love, may he empower us to speak of Christ to each other and to the world. Father, we need your Spirit's supernatural work in our own lives and in the life of our community together. Please may he do that work. And we ask these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.